Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Lee Cantor here, another episode of High Velocity Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Lloyd Lobo with Boast.ai and the new book, From Grassroots to Greatness. Welcome, Lloyd. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. I am excited to learn what you're up to. But before we get too far into things, tell us about Boast.ai. How are you serving folks? Definitely. So Boast.ai helps innovators with funding to develop new products or improve existing products and materials. Globally, hundreds of billions of dollars are given in government funding, but it's a cumbersome, broken application process prone to frustrating audits and receiving the money takes a long time. So Boast automates and streamlines that process. So more innovators have money to fund their research and development. Now, part of why we're here is to talk about this community-led growth model that you've developed, I guess, over the years? Definitely. Now, um, what was kind of the impetus to for you to lean into the community as, as a way to grow rather than maybe more traditional ways? So maybe community is the traditional way, I guess, when you put it under a magnifying glass. Yeah, definitely. So part of it, a little bit of my DNA going backwards. So I grew up in Kuwait in the Middle East, and my parents are from India, grew up in the slums of Mumbai. So my fondest childhood memories were spent every summer in in the slum of Mumbai, where watching TV was communal, even going to the bathroom was communal. Fast forward a few years, the Gulf War hits Kuwait, and I experienced the largest grassroots evacuation movements. Security had lapsed. There were no cell phones. There was no internet. And the community came together to coordinate building after building, one after the other, coordinate with governments and evacuate the people to safety. Fast forward a few years, finished engineering, started working at startups, decided to start Boast AI with uh, my co-founder, who I went to engineering school with. And when we started and started picking up the phone and calling people to buy our service, nobody would talk to us. Manufacturing, oil and gas, construction, we started hitting up every single company we could find and nobody would talk to us. I mean, sounds scammy, right? Two guys hitting you up that you haven't heard of saying, give me your data and we'll get you money from the government for your R&D. And so we were forced to lean into the power of community and and that's how it started. Necessity is the mother of all inventions. And to get customers, we had to build that community. And long-term, now fast forward 10 years, that community helped us not only bootstrap to 10 million in revenue with no outside funding, with no marketing team, but also ended up helping us raise more than 100 million in, in funding when we eventually did between debt and equity. It also made us very rich in the sense our investors who bought half the company came from that community. And I'm everything I am because of uh, the power of community. So now, how are you defining community? Are the, is this kind of a human-to-human interaction at the heart of this, or is it something that can be scalable? Definitely. It's, it starts with human-to-human interaction at the heart of it, and then it scales, right? So today, our community, which we call Traction, has over 120,000 subscribers. We do meetups in different cities. We do a big annual conference. We got podcasts. We got YouTube and everything in between. So it's human-to-human interaction. So the reason why I actually wrote this book was when I left the day-to-day of my company, I, I transitioned to the board and you know, all my life, I had no money. And for the first time, I came into millions, but I found myself depressed and hit rock bottom. 
And eventually what got me through was the community. Again, I joined a fitness and health community and, and I sailed on the other side. And then I looked back and reflected and I realized every time in life when I had no money, I was happy. And when I came into money and I felt I lost my community, I ended up depressed. So I started looking back at all our community events that we hosted. We had some of the biggest speakers like Uber CEO come to our events, <laughs> Twilio, et cetera. I started looking at all the iconic brands that have endured over time, right? Like the Harley Davidsons, the Apples. And I found this very common theme. Every obscure idea that eventually became a global phenomenon from Christianity to CrossFit had four specific stages and community was rooted in all of them. And so, you know, you, you, when people listen to you or you have something to say and people listen to you or buy your product or service, you have an audience. When you bring that audience together to interact with one another, it becomes a community. Now, when that community comes together to create an impact towards a greater purpose that far, that's far beyond your product or your profits, it becomes a movement. And when that movement has undying faith in its purpose through sustained rituals, over time, it becomes a cult or a religion. So I started seeing this theme over and over again. And because I was asking the same questions through my research process, I was able to distill them down into 13 rules to build iconic brands with community-led growth. Now, it sounds kind of aspirational in a way that, you know, sure, everybody would love to be able to create the next Harley-Davidson or Apple or CrossFit is it something that, that every entrepreneur or brand has has a path towards if they kind of do work the program? Or is it something that certain things are just more, um, are better fits for this type of methodology? I think everyone has the opportunity. And that's why I weaved in my story as well, right? We're two obscure guys who built like a big company by leveraging the power of community would be more relatable going from zero to 10 million in revenue and beyond raising over a hundred million over time um, versus just talking about an Apple or a Harley Davidson. That's so aspirational. Now we, of course, Boast AI didn't build a movement or didn't create a cult-like brand. We stopped at community, but the journey is far ahead. But you look at another company, Atlassian, which has a movement going in the last year, their community members came together to organize 5,000 events without any help from the Atlassian leadership. And that just shows, right, this brand took 20 years to get there, but it's now worth $40 billion. So I wanted to lay in different stories so it's more relatable to people. But ultimately, it starts with an audience. It starts with understanding your niche. What are their pains? What are their goals? What are their aspirations? Understanding their circle of influence and then start starting to serve them with content around a white space that they resonate with. Then once you start building that audience, it's about bringing them together. I talk about the science of senses and how do you uh, orchestrate experiences that engage all the senses when people come together, they form bonds with each other. And from there, it's about then how do you bring them to create impact to a greater purpose and finally, we talk about rituals. How do you build sustainable rituals that over time you can become a CrossFit or a Harley Davidson? Now, all these steps anyone can follow. I've helped like so many companies build communities. I've seen so many companies build communities. Ultimately, you know, yesterday's innovation always becomes tomorrow's commodity, right? We don't say dot-com company anymore. We don't say you know, social company or mobile company anymore. There's all the rage of AI. Another thing what I wanted to convey was, hey, I built an AI company that's successful, but I leveraged the power of community. 
there's a lot of talk around chat GPT, but open AI wouldn't exist without the community. Open AI was getting all its data from the community. We were members of the open AI community since 2019. If we weren't feeding them with training data and helping them build the product, there would be no open AI or chat GPT. So that's what I wanted to convey is, hey, yesterday's innovation always becomes tomorrow's commodity. But if you build this community, it ends up being your long-term sustainable moat because they give you product feedback. They're there to support you. They become your customers and your advocates. So let's... um kind of help our listeners with some practical things that maybe they can implement today if they are so inclined to build a community. And uh, do you mind doing some kind of consulting uh, on the air? Yeah, yeah. Is that definitely, okay? Definitely. Okay. Yeah, definitely. How, how much time do I have? <laughs> as long as you need. So I'm going right, cool. to use myself and my business as this test case. I own a company called Business Radio X where this show is a part of that network. Our mission is to create communities in small communities, micro, uh, kind of hyper-local business talk, podcast slash internet radio uh, businesses in communities around the country. And our, our mission is to be the place where the stories of business are told, where we support and celebrate business in a hyper-local manner. And our studios become kind of mini networking places where people go to congregate to help tell those stories and they meet and they support each other. Uh, the way that it works is that our businesses, our entrepreneurs, they are paying a license fee to us to use our branding and our kind of methodology, but it's their own business. They keep all the money. So that's my mission is to put uh, thousands of business radio studios around the country to be the voice of business in those local communities. What should I do today to grow the community so that I can attain that goal? Definitely. I mean, you have a great start. You already have a big community. How many people are, are engaged through this currently? So we have about, um, let's say, about a dozen active entrepreneurs in local markets doing what I just described in their local market. Awesome. And and through that, I'm assuming they're engaging thousands of people already. Right. So in each market, it's their own kind of community that they're building using the Business Radio X studio as kind of the hub and the, the reason for being there as that connector, as that person serving each of those communities. Awesome. I'll take it all the way to the back, right? I think I think what you have already is a great framework, but let's say you have listeners who want to even start and they have nothing, right? So the first thing I think I think what you shared is perfect. I have a mission. You know, great communities are built on great purposes, on great missions. So start with your purpose, your why. Like, what is the big aspiration? And that's not your product or your service, but rather, what is the impact you want to create? Because the thing is, if you have no purpose beyond your profits, it's very hard to create a long-term sustainable community because you're always going to be looking for profits and money, and it, it will be hard to sustain. Building a community, especially engaging volunteers, is a labor of love. It's a marathon of the heart and mind. So find something that you're passionate about, that you care about giving. You have this DNA of giving, give first mentality. Start with that purpose, distill it to your vision, which is your someday, what the world will look like as a function of your being, then your mission, like how do you do it? And then your values. What are the core values that people show up with? The next thing is figure out the kind of community you want to build. There's three kinds of communities you want to build. So I would say your community is a community of practice where you bring people together to learn about being better entrepreneurs. Is that more or less right? Well, we're, we're selling a product. Or we're not, we're 
a place where businesses, small to mid-sized businesses primarily, but all businesses in a local community can tell their story. It's a place where they can be heard and they can share what makes them special. That, definitely. So it's, that's the heart it's, of it. Definitely. So that's a community of practice, right? Where people come together to learn from one another, to tell their stories. That's a community of practice. Now, the second kind, you may have listeners who have products, um, and that's turning your customers into evangelists. How do you build a community of product where people come and learn about the product? And the last one is a community of play where people just come together, hang out to have a good time, like a Nike or, or, or maybe a Harley Davidson. Now, the key thing here is if you don't have a, pro- a product which has customers or product market fit, meaning customers don't come repeatedly to use it, then I wouldn't create a community of product because people will feel like they're sold to. So create a community of practice like you guys have. Then it's about finding that underserved niche and identifying their pains, figure out like where they bre- eat, breathe, dream, sleep, figure out their aspirations and goals so you can come up with the right content to help them go from A to Z. If you're building this community of practice, like what are the things I learn, what need to learn? What are the gaps I have? And now once you have this ideal customer profile nailed, like, like you guys have, and you understand all their pain points, then it's about building their circle of influence. For example, who do they fund? Meaning what other tools and services they pay for that could be your potential partners to promote and bring the audience. Who do they follow? Meaning who are the influencers they follow that you can bring as guest speakers so they can learn from? And then who, what do they frequent? What events, magazines, blogs, other things they read, what platforms they're present on so you can distribute the content. Now, the next step from there is starting with creating this audience through content. Now you're already doing this content. Do you do any other forms of content beyond the blog and the the events or rather beyond the podcast and the, and the events? So um, we take every episode that we do is always obviously shared through all the traditional podcast platforms all over the planet, you know, everyone. And then also it is uh, machine transcribed. So the content is also in digital text form. So we have it in audio and we have digital text and that digital text is just on our website. Definitely. So this is this is a great example where you turn take one form of content, right, and turn it into multiple forms of somebody who doesn't even have this. Once you understand your audience, you can write down a 100 burning questions your niche audience has. So you have a repository of ideas and you think about like, hey, if I had to write the ultimate guide to X, like my ideal customer profile achieving their X aspiration, what would be the chapters, sub chapters and key topics? Then like you're doing, you can start by just interviewing experts on Zoom for best practices. Then you post the long form video to YouTube. You post the audio to podcasts. You can turn the highlights into YouTube shorts, Insta Reels, TikTok, and highlights, the text highlights for LinkedIn posts, Facebook posts, and tweets. You can even take that and turn it into a weekly newsletter. There are newsletter platforms like Substack right now are absolutely blowing up because Substack starts recommending and other newsletter um, creators, they start recommending as well. And your audience just starts growing. And you could even take that content now and turn it into an ebook. You can turn it into a certification program like HubSpot did with their inbound marketing certificate, which in the early days drove them a lot of growth and community. Now that you have this audience that's building, how do you bring your audience together? So what I found in a lot of companies, what they do and and specifically for us, so our email subscriber base is now 120,000. Before the pandemic, we were entirely off- offline. We were doing a lot of meetups, a meetup a week in some cases, big conferences, retreats. And during the pandemic, everything was shut. So what we did was we opened up all our Zoom recordings 
Um, we moved everything to Zoom and we moved, opened up all our recordings to make it interactive. So now, like we're doing this conversation one-to-one, when you activate your audience to join, then they're also chiming in and asking questions, interacting with one another. And we started doing them from once a week to twice a week. And over two years, we saw our audience go from like 30, 35,000 subscribers to over 120,000 subscribers. The next thing I'm a fan of is in-person meetups. And this works really well. It doesn't have to be a big production event like the traction we do or a 10,000 person conference like Saster or a big Harley Davidson festival. Just doing meetups in different cities. What I find that's beneficial is consistency and cadence. When we started doing the meetups, we were doing 10-person meetups. When we first, first started Boast AI, we would invite 10 people, talk about a specific topic that people would not get education on elsewhere, and bring them together. And every time we'd host that meetup, more and more and more people would show up. One day, we had 200 people show up at the co-working space, and the co-working space were like, listen, guys, this is not a pizza meetup anymore. This is a full-grown conference. And that evolved then into a 500-person conference and a multi-thousand-person conference. Anytime you engage more than two senses, you start to build stronger connections. And that is what drives community, stronger bonds, right? So we're now sound and sight, or rather, we're not even sight, we're just sound. But when you're in person, your taste, touch, smell. And once you start integrating that more regularly, even small meetups. You've got so many groups in different studios. Can you do a regular mastermind over food and drinks? Just 10, 10 people and that you will find grow when you done over cadence. And then you tie it all together with like your newsletter, with a WhatsApp chat group. And so something, a cadence, a good cadence would be like you have daily social posts, let's say shorts, LinkedIn tweets. You have a weekly podcast like you already do. Then you do monthly meetups or meetups every other week. You get into a quarterly retreat and you do an annual conference and all the communication flow is through a newsletter. Wow, that, that's great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Is there One of our challenges is identifying people who believe what we believe in markets we're not in yet. So we've been able to grow kind of organically from people who have been part of our community in that they've been to a studio, had an experience, really enjoyed it, wants to contribute that way. But how do we find the person in a market that is doesn't know who we are at all? How do we kind of get uh, begin conversations with people who aren't familiar with what we do right now? Definitely. So when we started, nobody knew us. Okay. And and so we were in a small, obscure market. And now, of course, we're in, in different cities, uh, seven, eight different cities. But when we started in this small, obscure market, what we did was we started talking to our ideal customer profile. We built the list because we knew exactly who they were. And so we found the matching of what who are these people in these communities. And we started talking to them. And one of the best ways is you either email them or call them. Another great way is you just host an event. And you know you have this framework of who do they fund, who do they follow, who do they frequent. So maybe partner with somebody else they're familiar with. So you get their social proof, their brand rub. Invite a speaker or two that they follow that are experienced in that community. So that social proof will reel them in. So a great example was we started doing these meetups, right? And we started in- inviting influencers who are known to them to talk about their business. And as a result, we got the social proof of the influencer in that community. And and that brand rub helped us build not only visibility, but credibility with that audience. Another thing what we did 
which really worked is hit up the local newspaper and ask them to give us a column. Now, initially, they didn't give us a column. So we wrote for a second tier publication and drove so much traffic to it, then followed up with the newspaper. And the newspaper saw the traffic and said, okay, we'll give you a column. And we call that column Startup of the Week. Basically, we're weekly covering each business. Being in that newspaper gave us instant credibility and it gave the companies we were covering a lot of social proof and they started sharing. Now that created this boomerang effect because more and more people wanted to be in that column and so they would apply and our database started growing and then whoever would apply, we would also invite them to the meetups and that started to build social proof. So I think in the early days when nobody knows you, it's about finding people that have more social proof in that community we cold email a lot of people, but if you have a network, leverage that network to bring them as guests, to partner with them, and you get their brand rub. And over time now, when two obscure guys host an event and a CEO of Twilio, which is a $20 billion company, shows up, that gives me the social proof of that, that influencer. So what do you need right now? How can we help you? Hey, I'm just pushing the book. I want to spread the message of community and building sustainable businesses. It's on from grassroots to greatness.com. The digital is for 99 cents. I could have made it free, but if it's free, I have to spread it. If it's 99 cents, more people will buy it. The reviews will spread it. And I put all the templates, step-by-step templates on a Notion workbook, which will be available on from grassroots to greatness.com forward slash bonus. Well, congratulations on all the success. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate the interview. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on High Velocity Radio.